to Changing Academic Life. I'm Geraldine Fitzpatrick, and this is a podcast series where academics and others share their stories, provide ideas, and provoke discussions about what we can do individually and collectively to change academic life for the better. For this podcast, it's my great pleasure to speak with Professor Judy Olson. Bren Professor of Information and Computer Sciences in the Informatics Department at UC Irvine. We recorded this during the International ACM Computer Human Interaction Conference, and in our discussions, Judy reflects back on her career, on changes she has seen, and on some very practical issues dealing with academic life. And she also has a great T-shirt story. So welcome, Judy. I'm very honoured to be talking to Professor Judy Olson who is definitely one of the most senior and respected women in our field. And I think this is reflected. I was just looking up because I knew that you had some awards and this is probably just some small selection. (laughs) Fellow of the ACM for your contributions to human computer interaction and CSCW, member of the Kai Academy, uh, Kai Lifetime Achievement Award, ACM Athena Lecturer, um, just really recognition of the huge contributions you've made to the field. Well, thank you. Thank you. So um, do you want to just sort of, for people, for context, just give mm-hmm. a little bit about your background, where you came from? Oh, and, yes. And short, sort of short career trajectory. Sure. Um, so my PhD is in psychology, but it was back in the time when it was called uh, math psych. Oh. So I was studying cognitive processes using what we could do in mathematics. Yeah. So decision-making, learning, things like that. Only the things that were tractable. Uh, I got frustrated with that because it wasn't... Um, there were, you had to make too many ridiculous assumptions, like assuming everything equal or a yeah. normal distribution. So I started doing computer simulation because then I could control things about what our models were doing. Um, this is back in the 1970s, so ancient times. Um, but it got me interested in all the phenomena and then using computer simulation as modeling whatever was going on. So I was a cognitive psychologist for 15 years, and then I moved to Bell Labs, where I was head of a human factors group. That's what it was called back then. Uh, 1983 was the beginning of CHI, and that's when I had my human factors group, when we all went off to Gaithersburg and the conference. Uh, I soon thereafter moved to Michigan um, to be in the business school, because they recognized that user experience was uh, important in designing information systems in general. So was that quite, uh, were they quite forward thinking in recognizing that? It was Marilyn Manti, now Marilyn Tremaine, who was doing that there and they decided this was fruitful and they wanted more people in it. Uh, And she was junior and they wanted to make sure they had somebody more senior in doing that. So it was very, um, it was helping her career as well as helping me because I was not alone. And didn't have to make the pitch about why this was important. I still had to make make the pitch, but you know, <laughs> we do that. As we um, still have to do. We still have to do that. Uh, but I was working with Gary Olson, and I was working with Dan Atkins, who is a computer scientist. We're building all kinds of technologies for upper atmospheric physicists mm-hmm. doing long distance work. Yeah. Uh, we looked at each other and said, "We're not training anybody to do what we do." And so that, with about eight or nine other people, we started the School of Information oh, in Michigan, 1995. Wow. Yeah. So That's recognizing a need and doing something about it. <laughs> Just do something. So we all stood around and said, all right, we can have a school. Oh, I guess we need a curriculum. 
oh, okay, we'll make a curriculum. And then, you know, a master's program, an undergraduate program, PhDs. So Gary was immediately the uh, associate dean for research. Uh, I was a professor. We co-taught with, I co-taught with a librarian. He co-taught with an economist. It was a great learning experience. And, all right, then. <laughs> and then in, uh, let's see, 2008, uh, UC Irvine called us up. They called us up in February and said, could you ever leave Michigan? We have two endowed chairs. That never happens, having two endowed chairs. Yeah. So uh, we said, well, we could talk. But Irvine's got an amazing set of people. Yes. Yes. Impressive. So Paul Dirsch mm. and Gory Mark and Barney Nardi, et cetera, et cetera. So joining that crew was wonderful. And that's where we are now. Mm, wow. Yeah. It's um, a long history. <laughs> but it has been remarkably fun. Yeah. All along the way. Just but you've also innovated all along the way. In that it's sense. true. <laughs> well, we, knew, we saw needs. Yeah. And actually, Michigan um, supports that. Yeah. They say, you know, you need something. You know, Gary would go off to various deans and vice presidents and say, we need $50,000, you know. And then he amassed $300,000. And then suddenly, we were off and running. Um, so he's good at getting that. We're all good about creating, uh, knowing what we wanted to do, and then just move forward on it. And I know that your work was really important and influential for me as a PhD student. Hmm. You know, because in those sort of Hopefully. in the late was it mid mid late nineties, mm -hmm. and there was the work in the collaboratory sort of yes. stuff and the yes. uh, you know, distance matters mm -hmm. papers and. I yeah. just went to a session called Distance Still Matters. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. And it does still matter. It does still yeah. matter, yes. It's hard. Yeah. 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 So contributions that have really well, thank you. influenced the field. Yeah. And I'm grateful for them. Thank you. Um, so that's a long, you know, a long career long history, yes. to see what's happened over time. How, how would you reflect back on what the changes have been in the academic environments? Oh, well, I think a lot larger number of universities are embracing interdisciplinary work. And so instead of saying you're weird and at the edge of a field, you say, well, we are crossing fields and that we need to talk to each other and we need to be investigative of what the other person's methods are so we can understand what makes them good and how they blend with other ways of doing things. Um, so it's embracing not only the topics but the, the methods, the ways of looking at things. And uh, that's been a lot of fun yeah. because I used to be as you know, computers, uh, well, computer simulation and experimental design and things like that. And then I said, I read Lucy Suchman's paper and learning from notes, and I said, oh, that's what makes an ethnography good, and I can probably do that. Or I need to do that because there are problems that were happening outside the lab. But recognizing the value of different methods for answering different sorts of problems yes. and not being quite so not dismissive. Dismissive. Say, yeah. oh, I don't do that, or yeah. that's terrible, yeah. or yeah. you know, that's a problem not worth yeah. solving. Or even if you don't do it yourself, recognizing mm -hmm. the value when someone else does it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Going, I was just at a session where yeah. there were probably seven different methods in four talks, yeah. and it was good. And nobody was dismissive. We were all grappling with what are you trying to accomplish here? And um, you know, what, in what way are you helping us move forward? And being critical yeah. and saying, you know, I'm, I wouldn't generalize too much on this because, and then we do, do our thing. So talking of accomplishments, apart from these sort yes. of awards, <laughs> what, are, what are the sort of things that you're most proud of when you, look, when you think back? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I'm very proud of the, con well, that we've worked 
25 years on long-distance collaboration. And um, not only, well, Distance Matters, and then the things that grew from there, and there's a couple of books in there, the last book of which is quite practical, which is what we want. We want to get the message out. Um, we then also put it into a tool so people can be assessed online about what their collaboration is like, and then for saying which things are in good shape and which things need work and what to do about them. And that hasn't got as much um, adoption as we would wish, but we're still working on that. Um, so we'd like to get the message out yeah. or you know, have practical. My Athena lecture was broader impacts about not just publications that others in our field would read, but you know, uh, software and assessment tools and you know, patents and uh, lots of ways to have an effect. And I see a lot of people having an effect. And I think this field in particular has a heart and really wants to change the, change the world. Yeah. Um, and I see people like Liz Gerber going out and doing design for America, which is all over. She's got pods it's of people. Design. agenda. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Achievable in a week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. she just gets up and does, does things like that. And I see a lot of people doing that kind of yeah. thing, not just investigating, but going out and... Um, not just spreading the word, but getting people excited about the fact they can do something. Because yeah. yeah. empowerment. Yeah. 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 A lot of positive people in this field. There are. Yeah, and they're not doing it just for their own self, yeah. you know, aggrandizement yeah. or um, they want to they get something done. Yeah. So one of the things that I did want to talk to you about as well was many of those, these people in the field mm -hmm. are wanting to get something done or want to make a difference. But it's, it's starting to happen. It seems like it's starting to happen more and more at a personal cost. You know, people are increasingly ah. reporting being stressed out, you know, overwork, and, and you know, finding it hard to navigate yes. a, a, some sort of st sustainable you know, career or, or work life. Yes. Well, there's, I think there's one unfortunate piece of our culture today uh, in this field is... Um, getting a job or getting a promotion depending on how many publications you have. Yeah. And so people are grinding it out and just, you know, being parts of 18 projects and, you know, thrashing between them. I mean, there's a lot of stress to do that. I um, I don't know whether I would get promoted today because I do bigger things at a slower pace. Yeah. And I would encourage that for the field and maybe for work-life balance. But we've got to then get the promotion committees to realize that there's you have to look more deeply at what are these yeah. what are the contributions so do you think that's a definite increase over the years in yes. terms of what people need um, what, in, in terms of going for a, for a promotion, know, promotion yes. or yes or and getting, getting jobs and things like that job. right i heard one um search committee for people for a new assistant professor they wouldn't look at anybody who had fewer than 10 publications coming straight out of a phd straight out of a phd and i thought and there are some, there are a number who have that. And you go, how did they do that? Yeah. What was the, you know, committee? What it was the group of people that did all of this stuff yeah. together? How many yeah. authors are on each yeah. thing? Who was the lead on? Yeah. You know, it's got to look. I just and I was faulting that search committee. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know who they are, but. <laughs> so then the next search committee is going to be saying twelve publications, yeah. or if someone knows that the minimum's ten, then yeah. they're going to ne think they need fifteen. The, the to stars actually must stand be out. even higher than that. Yeah, and then yeah. that's what, what are we doing to each other? Uh, We're trying just... to us into the ground, and I, I worry for people's health. Yeah. I mean, I have students who are just taking it to the limit, yeah. and I say you can't keep doing that. Your body won't take it. 
So I'm, I'm concerned about that. But I think the way to do that is to talk to senior faculty at different hiring institutions and, you know, have a dialogue about what are we looking for and, you know, what makes a good, what makes somebody who lasts. Because yeah. some of these people can just fall over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we need a workshop or something about how to assess incoming PhDs uh, uh, for promotion and tenure, especially with all the different methods. I mean, when people do ethnographies, you know, it can take two years to get, and they have tons of information then that will eventually produce a number of publications. But as opposed to, I had a PhD student who one one day did an experiment with 65 people. You know, it took him a while to organize all this thing. 65 people, he had his his, his data, ran a second one the next week, another 65 people, and he had his dissertation. So yeah. I mean, a lot of lit review and yeah, analysis a lot of work and stuff like that. It, but still, yeah, but I spend you know yeah. two years doing yeah. you know microanalysis of yeah. people's collaborative writing, yeah. and you know there's going to be two publications out of that. Yeah. There are going to be bigger ones, but so I don't know. I don't know so how to tell people. Yeah, if we continue with this, we're we're going to skew behaviours where we trade sort of co-authorships. You know, yes, um, a little, you know, you, I'll on. put you on my paper if <laughs> you put me on yours, <laughs> right. and yeah. you know, we get two for one. Um, or we're going to skew people to doing work that's much shorter time frame. And you, you talked about impact before and the mm-hmm. importance of that. Yeah. And these sorts of cultural it. behaviors are yeah. going against the potential for impact. Well, or they're prioritizing short term. I bet you in other fields, though, people you know, just barrel ahead mm. until they get tenure. And, the question, and then they can start doing bigger things yeah. or do theoretical yeah. things or things that take longer time. Or some people just crash. Yeah. That's the worry is you lose people. Yeah. And it's not worth it. They've got to, we've got to reassess the whole trajectory there. So, you know, because I have been giving it a lot of thought lately about change. You know, there are things mm-hmm. that we can do as individuals to change the yes. culture. Right. Know. Um, in, in my group, I haven't sent emails at the weekend for the last 18 months or something. Okay, sort of a, as a, as a statement that, yes. of, um, you know, this is honouring different types of times in mm-hmm. people's lives, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the rhythm of the week. Um, so there are small things that we can do as individuals, but there's a change at a systemic cultural level that's... Well, maybe we need to write things in CACM mm-hmm. or in interactions or I don't know what the venue is for which start a dialogue yeah maybe collect some data first <laughs> yeah you said you were retiring in December project. but you might <laughs> it's a project you might not be now yeah. <laughs> well no retirement just means that we're starting to pay ourselves and we can say no to things that we don't want to <laughs> very good yes so we'll yeah we'll still be active yeah. um, and it's these kinds of projects I mean for a while I wanted to go change the IRB yeah. Which it gets in the way of research. Yes. Yes. And so, but I'm not going to do that one. But this one I think is very more personal to this field, yeah. um, and I'm worried about losing people. Yes. And I think you know I feel guilty now almost bringing on new PhD students, and yes. I try to have a conversation with them up front about you know where they might go and what might be expected. And yes, I don't think I've had job enough well. of that. With, with the recent students just realizing now what the how hard it is and uh, you know I deeply respect the PhD students I have right now and I think they're really great yeah. but I may not have been pushing them yeah. to be able to be competitive in this field 
but then if you're pushing them, you're, you're pushing uh, them for the, <laughs> the wrong reason. For the, but you talked about their health impacts and yes. you know, falling over. So yeah. it's, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. How do you? Well, the mother in me comes out and yeah. says, "Are you eating all right?" Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. So I worry about that yeah. piece of it, and yeah. so. Yeah, we can each personally do the best we can, but yeah. maybe some concerted, bigger effort yeah. where they would have a dialogue, a much more a broader dialogue. So until that happens, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's sort of a, a longer-term change yeah. agenda. You have mentored and grown an enormous number of people over your career, and both directly as sort of supervisor, but also I see on your tag here the, the matriarchy. The matriarchy, um, right. So, you know, a lot of mentoring of women and, you know, there was the ACMW newsletter that, you know, with the Ask Judy column for yes. a while. What have been some of the common issues, patterns, themes that you see people bringing up? Yes, I think, and things that I had to learn myself. Um, and I had mentors. Yes. So it, this is playing it forward. I had really good mentors. Um, one is when you can say no. You're asked to do something, and you can say no. And the thing is, you ought to talk to your senior colleagues about the importance of something. Uh, so, for example, being on an NSF review panel, the answer is, the answer is yes. To, um, I don't know, giving a talk, the local something, um, uh, you know, civic organization, things like that. They want to have women faculty represented in that. So they ask the women who are then overcommitted. Um, you can say no. Unless, by doing that, you'll find sites for your research. Yeah. All right, so you have to balance out what those things are. So learning to say no. Yeah. Um, I should tell you that Gary and I have a pact that whenever we say no to something we really wanted to do, we get a bottle of champagne. Oh, that's a great there's incentive. Always one, there's always one in the refrigerator. Yep. And there's a, yep. it's been sitting there for a while. <laughs> so this is, I often try to sort of reframe it as well, mm-hmm. about, you know, you're not saying no, you're saying yes, but to some to, different choice to what, yes, that, what's there, being There's asked. too many things asked yeah. of us, yeah. and you have to decide which ones are valuable or which ones will help your department yeah. the most, uh, as opposed to just, you know, churn. Um, so you have to choose. And yeah. the, the second thing is uh, time management. Yeah. And uh, the key there to me that I learned is we all have five good hours a day. doesn't mean you're going to stop working, but you're going to do the really hard stuff when you're good, when those five hours. And then, you know, when you're chasing some, you know, when you're printing some stuff out or organizing things, you know, do the lower difficulty work when you're not at your best. Yeah. And always know when that is. Yeah. And you have things to pick up that fit where you are. And you can get a remarkable number of things done that way. So that suggests that we we need to be have some sort of period of being really sort of reflective about our own yeah. rhythms and and to think about what is what are our best times. Or yes, not. yes. But when I ask people about this, they most people know when is when is your when are your best times? Oh, probably um, in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. You get some things out of the way first of all, and then they, you can concentrate. Yeah. And I'm in the morning. And I always do the one I want. I don't want to do the most first. Yeah. So there's that book. Of, what's it called? Eat that frog. Oh, I don't there's, know that one. There's a yeah. I can't remember who the author is, but it's, it's called Eat do, That Frog, and it's sort of like eat your frog first, yeah. get it done. Yeah. And the sense of achievement that you get from doing that. Yes. Yes. So um, we just had a retirement celebration at Michigan, and uh, there was one moment that just sort of 
uh, I didn't cry the most, but <laughs> uh, Liz Gerber had, had a fake T-shirt that said, what would Olson do? Oh, very good. And the, very two, th- good. the two things were follow your passion. Yeah. I'll tell you that story in a minute. And the second one is hang out with good people. And you were going to learn a lot by doing that. But the uh, follow your passion had to do with uh, if you do, if you you're, don't think you're being appreciated, even though you are following your passion, keep doing the good work and somebody will recognize it. Mm-hmm. All right? There is a place for you. It may not be where you are right now, mm-hmm. but you know, you do this really good work and it's going to get mm-hmm. somewhere. You'll land somewhere good. Yeah. And it may not be what you think, but you just do the good work. Yeah. But there are some interesting trade-offs there as well, aren't there, around (laughs) what you say yes and no to, um, how you have to play the game to get tenure, because you talked about sort of doing what you need to do to get tenure, and then you have the chance to do bigger projects, and following your passion. Yeah, no, they're... And making a difference. All tensions. Yes, (laughs) yes. yes. Well, you've got to like what you do, and you have to believe in it, otherwise it's not worth doing. And that'll really drain you. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you have to find the things you really like to do. Not just the topics, but the methods that you really like to do. I can actually do a lot of tedious work. Just It'll get me to a particular end, and then I can go, oh. Um, and I've had fun all along the way. And there have been tensions. There have been times when I was not appreciated, and I was using a style not uh, common where I was located. Um, so how did you negotiate your, your way out of that or into somewhere better where you were? Oh, interesting. I kept doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, w- I will say it was when I was in the business school yeah. at Michigan, and that's a very different style of work, and you don't have to get funding because there's funding that comes from the school, except I kept getting NSF funding, and I kept building my own lab and things like that. I was doing a very different style of work. Um, and the people who disrespected me in the end, respected me, because I just, I did good work, you know, it was thorough, and they, you know, they're not going to change what they do, but they say this was good stuff, you should, you should keep doing that, but then I left the business school, (laughs) and started the School of Information, (laughs) which was funny, because each of the people, the 10 people who were sort of at the very beginning, were at the fringe of where, whatever unit they were in, but then recognized each other, And so we had a new cohort, and that was a lot of fun. So I think that's what's interesting about our field as well, that it's this lovely mix of disciplines and fringe, fringe people. Fringe people. In lots of, in lots of ways. <laughs> Talking with each other. Yeah. yeah. But well, that, that encourages important. each other too. I mean, it gives us a bit more, well, tell me about your story and tell me about your methods. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, if you were looking back uh, again, is there... <laughs> Any point where, you know, if I gave you a magic wand, mm, yes. that you would change, do something different? Well, there's a number of smaller personal decisions yeah. I made. That, that, um, but about my career, I mean, well, I was also told early, bloom where you are planted. Yeah. And there's other, all kinds of things that are going to get you physically where you are, mm. your location. And then figure out that location and where you can fit what you can what you're able to do. I remember going to Bell Labs for the first time. This is at Homedale. Um, I decided I was going to find two things. Where is all the space? Who's in what space everywhere? And where is there extra? Um, and how does the money flow? 
who, who, who decides all of that. Because that was a corporation, and those you need. Yeah. But it was different, because I, I didn't have to write proposals. Um, I didn't have to pitch what I did so much, except I was with a lot of software engineers. Mm -hmm. And I was told, um, whatever you say, back it up with numbers. Any number is better than none. I went, oh, OK. <laughs> But I got, I got good advice from the people where I was. You know, they, they weren't pushing me away. They're trying to help me be effective. And so we have to help you. We have to have the new people, as they come in, help them be effective. Yeah. So I'm hearing things around sort of an authenticity um, mm. to yourself, you know, when you talk about your passions and, yeah. um, you know, following it. What did you say before? Following your heart or something. Yeah. So there's something about being authentic, you know, to have a good career. Yes. Um, also, something about being strategic, you know, mm. like going to Bell Labs and deciding. Figuring you know, out you're going to... Um, and not afraid to make changes. No. I am so far away from my PhD dissertation, yeah. it's unbelievable. Um, and there were cho choices along the way, and then you have to work hard to learn the new thing. You know, you're always open to learning. Um, and that's the fun part. I mean, you, you know, imposter syndrome and all of that happens. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get found out. Um, do, you, do you still suffer imposter syndrome? <laughs> I'm just curious when, yes, it, when and if ever it goes away. No, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, I get what... nervous before every talk, and uh, I dread Q&A because maybe I hadn't thought through something. Now still. Still, yeah. No, I'm not super nervous. And, no, you know, once no, I get going, I'll get yeah. going. I... Um, but yeah. But you're aware that I, I'm aware. Mm -hmm. It's you know, heart rate is up, and yeah. in fact, people told me though, if your heart rate's not up, you're yeah. not not going to do a good job because it takes a certain level yeah. of that kind of stress. Arouse, not, a good arousal, positive arousal. Yes, yes. Yeah. But I'm just interested that you know, I just would never have thought you'd be worried about Q and A. <laughs> yes, yeah. I so, do get worried about Q and A. Yeah. Um, That's very reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not, that you'll never get to the point where you're just as self-confident. Uh, no, I think it's probably always good to be yeah. on your toes. Yeah, and aware of where that you don't know everything, of course. Oh, you yes, know, like, yes. oh and always just, rehearse a talk. Yeah. All the talks you have to yeah. be rehearsed. I can never do it without you know, yeah. some feedback. So do you actually rehearse it for real, or do you just sort of talk through and say, oh, I'll say this on this slide? Um, it depends. If it's um, a really big talk, like a keynote, I'll rehearse it. And I've had, in my rehearsals, somebody in the audience say, no, not that. <laughs> the whole thing. Oh, the whole thing? The whole, the whole thing. No, not that. Oh, okay. No, I thought you were just going to say, not that slide or not that point. No, no. Okay. No, but they then, as a group, so it sort of picked out, this is the piece that's really, that grabbed us. Yeah. All right, so build around yeah. that. And then, and, anyway. So there was, was a nice fun. thing about the importance of collaborators and collegiality <laughs> yes, there. Because yes. trust colleagues that you can trust and rely on. Yes. To, to be honest and giving yes. that sort of feedback. Yes. And there was another time when I gave, uh, again, a practice talk. And uh, Jeff Bowker and Paul Dirsch were in the audience. I mean, it was like 10, 15 people. But what gold to have in, you know. And so I gave the talk. And then one of them said, well, you should take it one level further. Here's what I'm thinking. All right, and so they contributed to the whole, whole thing. Yeah. So it's very valuable. I mean, it's hard because you got to take the criticism, yeah. you know, that this wasn't quite good enough. Yeah. But then you get these good ideas from them, yeah. and that's great. So yeah. have good colleagues, yeah. stick around good people. Yeah, that, that's the that's yep. the t-shirt. I, I want one of those t-shirts. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So 
you're retiring in December. Yes, yes. What, what are the plans What's next? for the next? Well, we do have plans. Um, first of all, retiring just means that we're starting to pay ourselves. And so I can say no to things I don't want to do anymore. Um, I don't have to write any more grant proposals. Yay. I, at the very beginning of my career, I hated writing them. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to have to do this the rest of my life. Um, but then I got to like it because it's your thinking over the next three to five years. Let's think through the whole plan of work as opposed to just one piece. And so actually I like to write them now. So that's a nice reframing of something that could be tedious. Yes, right. Yeah. So um, that was interesting. Um, so, all right. so you'll keep so, in touch with students or, or uh, some consulting? Or? Well, uh, there's a couple of projects that we have in mind, sort of retrospectively, it turns out there's a whole number of studies we did uh, about groups of five, uh, some are, or groups of ten, some are co-located and some are not, and then we had ran all kinds of experiments like that. And we'd like to now gather all of that stuff and think through about, so that's maybe a monograph. Um, but the most fun project that we're going to do is write a book about couples who work together. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so... And I think there'll be a lot of self-reflection or a couple yeah. of reflection in doing that. Yeah. So every time we talk about this, people give us more names. Yeah. Not just in academics. We want, we want it to be broad. And so, and some historic. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, for example, and uh, Marie Curie. I yeah. mean, we just have to read up on those to answer some questions. Um, but couples for whom it broke down because they worked together, others that made it work together. There's different... Of relationships, so one's a lead, you know, one's the, I don't know, well, in a restaurant, one's the chef and one's the accountant, yeah. right? And that's closely working together, but not the same as two co-authors. Yeah. Uh, so there's different patterns of that. And uh, we hope to be a, a, to be a trade book. I think a, a number of people would be yeah, interested I in this, so not too. just as an academic. So can you give us a preview? What would be sort of an, a nugget of, a, of oh. a piece of advice or something that made it work? Because oh, clearly it has worked for you. It has and Gary. worked for us, yes. Yeah. Um, well, it certainly seems so from the outside. No, it does, it does. Um, oh, piece of advice, that's really hard. Um, what did you do that made it work? Well, we totally respected each other and are incredibly similar in how we think, which is probably not something that would create you know, creativity and stuff like that. But we think we have very similar backgrounds and very. Uh, finish each other's sentences because we've had so many other experiences. Um, yeah. So I think we're compatible. We, a lot of give and take about who's going to do what. Yeah. Um, we have eyes and ears out for each other, mm. meaning I'll read a book and say you don't need to read this one, <laughs> something like that. So it, it prunes things from his list, and he will also say, oh, I just heard about this. I talked to this person. So it's that really rich network that we bring back to each other. Um, People say, how can you stand them 24-7? Because some relationships are really good with that and some are not. Yes. Um, and it turns out I just like him. Yeah. And he likes me. That's and so great. just we like to be together. Well, I wish you all the very best oh, thank you. In, in your next phase. Oh, thank you. Well, and I'm excited about it. And enjoying the sort of, I don't know, the transition out. Because as you know that you've set the date. Yes. It yes. must, yes. It, it's it must also change the sort of nature of work now. Yes. Yeah. And thinking about, yeah. you know, what I'm going to miss. Yeah and to see how I can, you know, stay in touch with young people. And, um, 
you know, and all of you. And have many more parties. And, and, parties, and yes. What other T-shirts? Can yeah, t-shirts, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So thank you very much for your time. You're very Julie. welcome. Much it was an honour to talk to you about this. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, you can subscribe to Changing Academic Life on iTunes and you can follow Change ACAD Life on Twitter. You can also go to the website www.changingacademiclife.com Thank you.